Hey guys, welcome back to Radical Living Podcast. This time, Radical Living meets Washington, D.C. I had an amazing conversation with Donna Pisani, who is a pastor at Cap City Church alongside her husband. Um, We talk all things leadership, including comparison, um, insecurities. We talk about passion. Um, And we also chat about refusing to settle and constantly learning and growing and pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zones. Guys, we hope you enjoy this conversation and get so much out of it because myself and Donna did. Um, Guys, sit back, relax, enjoy and listen in to this amazing conversation. Really excited to have um, this conversation with you. I remember being on Instagram, as most people are, and I saw a Propel Woman article, and it was yourself who had wrote it. And I remember I was kind of going through like a leadership transition. I remember reading it and being like, wow, I really, that was just timely. And uh, I remember I messaged you, I think, a few days later, and you got back Mm -hmm. to me. So (laughs) thanks for that. Um, But you are, I'll do a little introduction. You are um, a wife, a mother, a grandmother. Yes. You are an author, a student, and a leader. Um, so Donna, just really briefly, tell me a little bit about your story and how you ended up pastoring a church and yeah, joining that Hillsong family. Well, um, I was raised in a non in a denominational church. Okay. And, um, and actually, um, I had experienced some abuse as a young child. So my teenage years and my early college years, I was pretty off the rails, pretty crazy. Um, well, I knew about God. Um, and I think there was always a seeking part inside of me. Um, but there was a, there was also this part of me that was in pain. So I was always trying to medicate it or with drugs or alcohol. And, um, I had a cousin who I was going to party with who had experienced this life-changing um, moment with God. And so she began, as she began to share that with me, um, she was lit up and I was like, what do you, what do you have? I want that. So, um, anyways, that was my turning point in my life. And I accepted Christ as my Lord and savior. And so I also just was very shy and quiet. And, um, if I saw you walking across the street, I would cross the street rather than talking to you. Anyways, fast forward, I met my husband, I was started going to this little church, and he was the youth pastor, and we got married, and um, he always felt that if he was called to ministry, that he was going to be called to ministry with his wife, and I was like, awesome, I'll just be in the background praying for you, that's it, I'm, you know, you're the leader, I'm just going to have babies, so anyways, which is fine if that's what you're called to, but he really, he kept pushing me into to leadership and into um, ministry, to be honest with you. So we traveled overseas. We traveled to a number of nations. We backpacked Bibles in the Himalaya mountains. We uh, preached in Africa. Is this what you're, is this the answer you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go into a lot of detail. Um, And so anyways, through all of that, um, we eventually ended up in Washington, DC, starting a church. And I personally did not feel like a leader, um, but it was in those moments where, um, I saw these young women experiencing a lot of difficulties that I realized I kept waiting for somebody else to step up to the plate to speak into their lives. And one day I realized it was me. And so then that set me on a journey of a real passion to understand leadership, 
how to help people in their life story. Um, and so that's, um, it was, it, when we came to Washington, D.C., we really felt like God was calling us to start a church here. We didn't know a whole lot about pastoring or anything like that. We had traveled overseas. Anyways, here we are wow. almost 26 years later, 26 years. Yeah. So, and we found how we found Hillsong um, yep. family was we are Bobby and Brian Houston are friends of ours. And so they invited us in to be a part of this network. And we love it because um, we just love what, what Bobby and Brian stood for. We yep. loved this whole idea of a healthy church. Wow. Um, amazing. Uh, just a turnaround that God did in your life. Um, yes. Amazing. Just, just kind of leading on from your answer there about how you didn't think you were a leader and, and now you've been a part of this for 26 years. Am I right in saying that your 2021 motto is raise your game? You know, um, we had a leadership retreat and yep. that's um, that was a t-shirt. <laughs> sweatshirt I found I was like that's my motto for the year yeah. um that is part of it raise your game because I feel like sometimes I don't know what it's like where you are but in DC in the pandemic it was really easy to kind of settle back mm. and I you know mm-hmm. we're watching church online we're not engaging with people and while there's a part of us that hates and misses what it used to be sometimes it could just be easier to just settle back and um I'm not a settle back kind of person yeah um, so our, my mission for 2021 is raise your game, like step into it. Uh, there's a lot at stake. If we don't, I think it's for men and women. I think yeah, women yeah. actually have a part to play as long as well as with the men. And, um, but that's part of it. It's raise your game. But the other part of our mission for 2021 is, um, we're building longer tables, not higher walls. Mm-hmm. And, um, specifically where we are in, in Washington, DC, where it's a very polarized city, really important to us that as Christians, as followers of Christ, that who's missing from my table that doesn't look like me, doesn't act like yep. me. And actually, I'm not really super comfortable if they're at my table. Well, they need to be at my table. Yeah. Wow. So. Love that. Um, and that kind of links into what you were saying about how you felt you had to step up and take yes. responsibility. And yes. God often asks us to do that. Um yeah, no, brilliant. And don't, don't you don't you think like I'm sorry, I just want to say this too, because I think there may be somebody listening today. Um, and you don't know the worth and the value of who you are as a human, let alone how God wants to use you. Mm-hmm. And um, for my whole life, I was waiting for somebody else to like turn the light switch on. I was waiting for somebody else. And of course, as a leader, that really means we're followers. So you're always following and, and accountable to others. But one day you're just, you can't, no, somebody else isn't going to do it for you. You got to step up. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Love <laughs> okay. that. And we see it with Esther, you know, Esther, when it came to that moment in her life, yes. Mordecai asked her the question, but really God asked us to see him. If you, yes. if you don't do it, I'll get someone else. So right. it's, it's stepping up and taking ownership. So going off the back of that, then Donna, um, what does radical mean to you? Oh, radical. Well, you know, I'm 61 right now. Um, and I think (laughs) it's the lighting. (laughs) Um, I think what I've learned, um, well, first of all, my personality is I don't do anything halfway. I'm like running, you know, into, into the battle I'm running into whatever the calling or the purpose is. So to me, radical is passion. Now, does that mean that I wake up every single morning with passion? Well, no, there's some mornings in the heat of the battle. 
I don't want to face what I have to face. So I think passion is, this is how I've been able to maintain passion in over 40 years of really following Christ. And that is when I, I look at losing, having passion or not having it almost as um, like a, you know, like when you, um, it's like an indicator. Yeah. So if I feel that my passion is slipping, then I realize I have forgotten that I've been entrusted. Mm. And then I have started feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, is that oftentimes if we lose sight of what Christ did for us, then we start thinking, well, I'm entitled to more money and I'm entitled to better. I need a better husband or I need a better wife or I'm entitled to better. I need like we compare ourselves to other people and then we feel entitled to more. Mm. And then we start slipping away at the passion and life just becomes like what, what is owed to me. And when you live with what's owed to you or in comparison, you can lose passion. Yeah. So for me, the, the indicator is if my passion is slipping, what am I looking at? Have I forgotten to look at the cross? Because everything I have right now, I've been entrusted with at a great cost at a great cost. So that's kind of what keeps the passion burning inside of me. Yeah. Love that passion such a it's such a, a rare yet special thing um that we all need to keep because i think it's easy for us to slip into comfortable and slip yes. into complacency yes. so that i love that indicator analogy where if it's if it's slipping we need to yeah maybe what, what re- refocus do, what do you do jess so for keeping my passion? Keep passion burning yeah yeah, well, I, I'm my uh, my well, the ministry I'm involved in is very hands on, and so I'm working with young people twenty four seven a day, and I suppose for me, uh, I I look after our schools and community partnership program, and uh, it's just I don't know sometimes it's in the faces that I look at in the day, um, but I'm I'm fighting for the next generation, Donna. That's really good. That's um, exactly. And I want to break the cycle um, that seems to just keep going. Uh, and I don't believe God right. wants that for, for young people or people in general. So, so that's what keeps me, me burning and me ticking. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it's not about us. When it's not about us. And I think that's probably been the biggest transformation for me is when God has really took my eyes off of me mm. and, and placed them on others because it's not me I'm fighting for. It's... It's the people yeah. coming behind. So good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Breaking this like the glass ceiling over. Yeah. 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 Right. It's really good. So that they can they can go further and go higher. Yeah, I love that. That's a yeah. true coaching heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it comes through. And yeah. just talking, you alluded a little bit to leadership and we were talking there um about passion. For you, Donna, what would be your five non-negotiables? when it comes to leadership and just life in general? So um, for my life and my leadership, um, and probably this would would be what I would, um, these would be the same things that I would be telling our leadership or people that we're raising up in leadership. And um, I think probably the first thing is, is um, being teachable. (laughs) I think that's so important. Um, There's a humility that's attached to that. So what with being teachable, it means being curious. So I'm again, like I said, in my sixties and I am constantly asking questions Yeah, and, um, I 
don't ever want to come to a room and feel like I know I always go to a room thinking there's going to be people smarter than me, even if they're younger than me. That's why I'm asking you, how do you keep your passion? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm going to learn something in this podcast, um, from you as well. Just yeah. even just the questions you're asking. So teachableness and asking questions, being curious. Yeah. Um, I think one of the first things that limits our leadership is when we feel like we know it all already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably one of the biggest battles that I fought early on in my um, ministry and in my leadership was insecurity. So I think um, rather than allowing insecurity to keep you in a small mm-hmm. is identifying everybody deals with insecurity you're not, I used to think it was just me. Like you look at people like Christine Kane or like the people that are on national platforms or Bobby and Brian, like, okay, they must've been born with confidence. No, everybody deals with insecurity. And so I think, first of all, identifying, we all deal with it and then target it. Again, we were talking about raise your game. Like, what is it that's keeping me small? What is it that's limiting me? Then what do I need to do? It's a lie. What's that lie I'm listening to so that it doesn't define me. And then how do I change the way I think so that I can actually think in towards confidence? So confidence isn't, yes, God's given me giftedness and everything, but it's really, I think the core of that is believing that God believes in us and he's cheering us on and we're not having to fight for his acceptance and his favor. We already have it. Um, and then um, I really think um, leading yourself, we go back to like turn the light switch on, like, what do I need to do? Like, if I can lead myself, then I can lead others. And, and then the last thing would be what you said um, is always being an encouragement to somebody else. So if I don't go one day without being kind or encouraging one, somebody else, I think that's probably a non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Giving to others. There's a, a million more, but I don't know how many you want. <laughs> no, that, that's so good. And I think yeah. that sums leadership up. I think it's, you know, and, and that's, that's what Jesus leadership was about servant heartedness. Yes. And actually, that's where, you know, true leadership lies is lifting others up. Um, uh, do you, have you heard that quote? If, if serving is beneath you, leadership is above you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not powerful. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And I love that scripture to me, that whole portion, there's several times where Jesus told the disciples, um, it's in Luke 24, I believe when he told the disciples, he's going to be going to the cross. And immediately after that, they start fighting. I love the humanity of the disciples about who's going to be the greatest because they're like, okay, we were fishermen. We had no value. We had no esteem. Now we're following this guy, Jesus. He's going to be the king. But wait a minute, he might disappear. So let's set our positions up. And so they start fighting over who's the greatest, right? And Jesus, I love his response. Jesus is like, okay, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And I just, to me... If you're looking for leadership, that's leadership mm-hmm. 101. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love that. Um, I'm going to read out a quote that you used in that article I read that you wrote. So it says, um, you gain strength, courage, and confidence from every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You mm-hmm. must and you think you cannot do. Um. Tell, tell us about that quote and what it means to you. You've kind of alluded to it a little bit, um, but what it could mean to listeners as well about facing your fear. Yeah, and again, I think fear is common to man. I think we all deal with fears. Um, yeah. I just don't know that we always realize that it's fear talking. And I think behind every fear 
behind every fear, if you look beyond the fear, there's something incredible behind that. Now there are practical fears. Like I'm not going to walk in the middle of traffic. Right. Yeah. 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 That's obvious. But then there are fears that just try to keep our, us from walking in our purpose. So one of the fears that I had, um, stems from years ago, part of it was from the abuse. I was told if I told anybody, my family would be destroyed. So that was like a lie about my voice. My voice didn't matter. And so that if I use my voice, then something bad would happen. Well, I didn't even realize that that was the root system that I lived with my whole life. Yeah. So then I didn't want to say, I didn't want to write. I couldn't write. I couldn't speak. I couldn't, everything was always being second, second guessed. But when I identified that that was a fear and behind that fear was God's purpose, then I was like, okay, wait a minute. Every fear is attached to a lie. Mm. And until we can uncover the lie, you know, we won't know what God wants to use. So I think for me, every step that I've ever taken, it meant I had to step over fear. I heard, you've heard this saying before that God will never put on us more than we can handle. And I think that's a lie yeah. because if I can handle it, I don't need God. God is always going to give me something I can't handle. And there's Absolutely. always going to be a moment of fear where I have to make a choice. Yeah. My choice is I'm going to trust God and he's going to meet me. Does that mean every time I step past it, it's going to be successful? No, but the success is if I learn something from what appeared to not be a success, then it was never a failure. See, I don't think we can fail as long as we learn. So to me, fear, I think that's what ties up so many people and the listeners today. I think every one of us is dealing with a fear. You have to identify it as a lie from the pit of hell, to be honest with you, because um, if, if there is a thought in your head that does not connect to hope, then it is a lie from the pit of hell because God's thoughts are always going to have hope attached. So, yeah, I think that's the, um, I, you know, that goes back to the garden too, when Adam and Eve were hiding in shame and they were like, we're naked. And God's like, wait, who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you you were naked. That's all. Yes, you're naked. But the fact that you're hiding in fear, that was a lie. Yeah. So, yeah, I I love that about God's character, because even though God is in control of all things, he still offers us a choice. Yes. You know? And yeah. we have a choice to either, and in, in Coaching for Christ, we often say, we were actually talking about this yesterday in our team meeting, about, um, I loved what you said there about fear of failure, that it's not failure if you can learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about how you need to, you feel the fear, but you face it anyway. Yeah. You don't let exactly. it win. And that's the choice and, and God will elevate yes. you for that. I, you know, um, I'm, I, I'm a book nerd, um, but one of the books that I love is um, called Creativity Inc. by this guy named Ed Catmull, who created Pixar. And okay. so within Pixar, which is all these great movies from um, all, like, cause they eventually um, um, bridged with Disney. Anyways, he talks about how all of the great movies that you've ever watched from Toy Story on, Finding Nemo, all of them came out of failure. <laughs> And he's like, in the creative process, there is going to be failure sometimes, but you learn from it. You don't shut down from it. And I am a recovering perfectionist. You probably are too, Jess. Uh, If it's not perfect, it drives me nuts, but it's never going to be perfect. It's just, um, we don't, we aren't defined. We are changed. Yeah. Yeah. 
by pain, we're changed by obstacles, we are changed by difficulties, we are not defined by them. Amen. God's the one who defines us. Amen. Yeah. So good. And um, you have written your own book. Um, I have. And it is called The Power of Not Yet. Yes. Just really briefly, Donna, could you, even in the title is powerful, but could you just really briefly give a summary of what the book is about and, you know, why, why you were passionate about writing it? Um, well, actually, um, it's not like super special. It's just like my son was going off to college and I was going to be an empty nester. I was like, well, maybe I should write a book. <laughs> Yeah. And so this whole concept of not yet, I felt was biblical. And a lot of times within the way we've been raised, we, we often feel like we're either passing or failing. And God's like, it's not, a, this is not a pass or fail test. This is endless possibilities. And so when we allow that to happen, then we actually become smarter, which is biblical. Mm -hmm. And our cognitive framework begins to become enlarged and things that defined us in the past no longer define us. So that's what I'm saying. Like failure is not failure. You're going to learn. Mm. And so that's why I, the, the idea of the power of not yet is actually a biblical principle. We um, oftentimes celebrate just success and God celebrates trying. Amen. God celebrates the process. The process and yeah. so a lot of this was written. Our churches was basically the age group of 20 to 40 year olds. Yeah. And um, they were defined, they were shutting down. Like they, you know, they graduated from college and then they were like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And so my book was basically written to a 20, 20 to 40 year old age range that process is powerful and the transformative power of God when we allow him to work even in the failure. Wow. So yeah. I love what you said there about it's not passing or failing. It's endless possibility. Yes. So like if you're coaching a soccer team yeah, <laughs> or you're playing soccer or you're in a sports team. There's a lot of resilience, Donna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, but I also think that our life is the reflection of the voice that we listen to. Mm. And so it's really important to um, have positive coaches in your life and in your world that are speaking life into you. I think that's so important. Yeah. I think our friend group is important. Yeah. Um, you know, you have all kinds of friends, but only a lot of the people that are speaking life to speak into you. Yeah. And God's voice. Yeah. Always inspires hope. It does. It does. Um, yeah. I th we're at our last question already, um, but that's okay because we've covered a lot. Um, Donna, all of our listeners um, listen to Radical Living, I believe, because they feel like there is more and that they were made for more. And one, one of my mottos for 2021 and probably going into 2022 and for the rest of my life is I really felt God say to me, put your faith in the line. Mm. and it's it's being like right and, and you've talked about it already in this episode you know what if I'm getting comfortable or, or or if there's a whatever's there right well how can I put my faith in the line how can how does God want to push me here so that I can learn and I can grow and I can bring more people with me um mm. so what would your top three tips be um, to for listeners to be radical. Mm. Well, I think um, 
constantly looking for opportunities that are bigger than you are. <laughs> good one. You know? um, yep. Jess, I think that's, I think you and I are similar in that, that um, just, uh, yes, there are times you just want to be safe, but more often than not, um, I don't think anything grows in comfort zones. I think you have to step outside of your comfort zone to grow. And so that would be to me, like the first thing is just be willing to step out of your comfort zone and do it you know, when you're younger. Don't wait till you're 60 like me, do it now. Yeah. Um, because there's, again, it's like what you said in the beginning, it's not just about us. It's about the people that will be touched by those choices that we make. Um, and the second one is just like, if you, if you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus, um, you know, I was, 18 or 19 years old when I first encountered God and he went from somebody I knew about to somebody that I was able to build a relationship with. And I think radical living, um, you can, you can go so far on your own steam and your own energy yeah. and your own gifts but with God involved. Well, then there is no limitation to what can happen because he's not limited. So that would be the second thing. And I think the third thing would be, um, surround yourself with people that are more radical than you are. <laughs> So you're being inspired Constantly by the stories. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those are the yeah. three things. Well, um, Donna, so much in that in such a short period of time, but I really believe that when people listen to this and for people listening to this, it's just, there's going to be a lot of breakthrough um, and a lot of, yeah, just inspiration. Um, I think the key things that you spoke on there were, uh step out take risks and um, take opportunities step up yes. take responsibility um, and then bring people with you it just sounds better coming out of your mouth because of your accent <laughs> <You're broke. laughs> I love well it. as long as long as you can i hope i'm not speaking too fast but i have a tendency to do that no it was great donna how can uh, listeners find you on social media you and the church so that they can keep up to date with what you're doing and they can keep up to date with Cap City. Thanks, Jess. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Donna Pisani. Um, and the church is Cap City Church. So you can follow us on there as well. Guys, we hope you enjoyed um, our chat. Uh, I just want to say a massive thank you to Donna for making time in her extremely busy schedule to chat with me. Um, we hope that what Donna shared about radical passion um, and refusing to settle and, and just laying it all on the line and um, challenged you, inspired you. Um, and I also hope that what Donna talked about um, whenever she realized that it was time for her to step up um, and take responsibility and action. We hope that you guys do the same as well and um, continue to make that choice that uh, to be radical and just push the boundaries, push yourself outside of your comfort zone, break those glass ceilings and just see what happens and see what ultimately God can do. You guys, we hope you enjoyed it and we can't wait to check in again soon. Remember, stay radical.